You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup B, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted, and it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Is, is this thing working? Brazilian ties inside of a potato. I'm uh, nine days removed from surgery. <laughs> right before I hit record, I went back to the Pink Panther Strikes Again, 1976. Every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. <laughs> Did your dog bite? <laughs> no, my dog oh. does not bite. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was not my dog. <laughs> I don't know how many people are really enjoying the Peter Sellers references off the top, but I really they, hope. They would be of a certain vintage, I'm sure. <laughs> Andrew. We are old souls. We are old souls. Oh, it's not the truth. <laughs> and Ty, there, I regret There is to nothing you. better than being in bed at nine. <laughs> Me, it's about 9 a.m. Yeah. Uh, but uh, still... Still sleeping at nine compared to you is <laughs> you've probably been up for four hours. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to not get any of the good stuff out of the hospital, but uh, I'm not mad. <laughs> uh oh, just disappointed. This is worse. Hey, I feel the same way about that mustache. <laughs> at least it's starting to grow back in. I just haven't shaved in a week. Oh, everything. Oh. It's just a mess. I think next time you got to have the little soul patch. Yeah. Kevin Costner, circa Mr. Brooks with yep. uh, with Dane the Cook and and uh, Demi Moore. <laughs> yes, Kate, keep it going. Just <laughs> leave it going, and you'll look awesome again soon, even if you're in a potato. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic, to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. And even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business. And Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and to explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. I think the CFL probably pretty happy that at week 20, there was still a playoff spot up for grabs. They probably would have liked to have seen that extended into week 21. But there was some drama this past week in the CFL, and it started Friday Night Football. The Hamilton Tiger Cats clinching a playoff spot by, well, they didn't clinch it with that game. They technically clinched it with Saskatchewan's loss on Saturday, but a 30-27 to win over the Ottawa Red Blacks. Remarkably, the Red Blacks still had a shot of getting into the playoffs Which, as well. That's amazing. I, I, cool. I know I know. like in a league of nine teams and everybody, yeah. like, we know all those arguments and people that don't like the league and all that crap, but the fact that this team, the way this season started and where they're at quarterback-wise or where they were at quarterback-wise after the whole Jeremiah Masoli thing, 
it's wild that they still have a shot. Absolutely it, wild. Exactly. And Ottawa came into the game banged up. Uh, Devontae Williams, the running back, uh, was not playing. So, I mean, Jackson Bennett came in. I thought he had a nice game anyway, especially against a, a tie Cats team that's pretty good against the run. Uh, Jackson Bennett had 5.7 yards a carry, so he had a pretty decent game himself. And they were without their leading receiver, Jalen Acklin. Never a ideal situation, mm-hmm. but the, the, the factor in this game was the wind. And, uh, Ottawa took advantage of the wind in the second quarter, and they were able to have a dynamite second quarter. That was really their only good quarter. They had 21 points. They went into the break leading 21-13, and it looks like things were going to come down to week 21. And Dane Evans, 55% completion percentage, 16 of 29, 220, and an interception. Not not the best game for Dane Evans, even though they 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 ended Friday night with a win. They win. Schiltz comes in at, at some point. Uh, about seven minutes know, left in the fourth. About seven minutes left. Yeah. It, you know, it, it kind of seemed like Hamilton was starting to get their act together, getting hot at the right time. Everybody was kind of playing pretty well. You know, they they were in in control of their own playoff destiny really i mean if they they win out it doesn't matter like it's all up to yeah, them yeah and then, you know you have a game like this from dane evans and it makes you start to question what's going to happen in montreal in two weeks i'm we'll we'll see how injured he is but mm-hmm. schiltz is the one that really he clinched the game at the yeah. end especially with that 25 yard run that is yeah. the one that was the dagger in Ottawa's hearts and Schultz the only had... thing is playing time right like he doesn't yeah. get it he doesn't yeah. get as much so it's reps it comes down to that stuff but i mean if dane is hurt there's no point in him playing next week so i mean Schultz should be getting all the number one reps or the majority of them in practice and and come in and and get the playing time obviously and then come in fully prepared against Montreal, if that's the case. Three of four, 43 yards. That's what Matt Schiltz did uh, ahead of that last second field goal by Seth Small, uh, which uh, I know there were games on two separate uh, TSN channels, and uh, they probably should have stuck with the Hamilton-Ottawa game until the very end. But That's That's the rule. Like, you stick with the game, that is that is currently going because nobody cares about the opening kickoff. Mm-hmm. You can show a highlight of it or put that game on the other channel. If people want to switch over, let them do that. Yeah, but don't cut if it if it's forty points, thirty points, whatever. I know. I know. That makes sense. But in a tie game, that's ridiculous. And then the tweet they put out on Saturday to boot about oh. the Toronto Montreal game was just idiotic. And it it was just a bad look, and I called them out on it, and did, weird didn't get a reply. <laughs> but like they're the thing is they've got the league over a barrel, so there's nothing the CFL can do about it. Like they're their only TV partner, so we're gonna get stuff like this. Yeah, I don't think the camera angles were there. We'll get to that to the yeah. end of the Montreal Toronto game, which was I mean frustrating, but there was also no real explanation. No. Uh, of it at all. The Ticats here uh, have won three games in a row. Uh, that gets them into the playoffs. Uh, ever since Labor Day, well, they beat Winnipeg, 
Then they lost to Montreal, beat Sask, beat Calgary, beat Ottawa uh, to get into the playoffs. And now we know they're going to be going to Montreal for the Eastern. go a day early. Eastern semifinal. Now, this week in Ottawa, if Dane is healthy, do they have to use this game to figure out who's going to be the playoff starter? I mean, if, he, that... if he's fine, it's his job, yeah. I think, obviously. But, I mean, if he's if he's hurt and he can't yeah. play, I mean, that... In this game, he did look off, and a lot yeah. of times he had he had time. The, the thing is, like, the, if you can sit Dane to get Schiltz that playing time in case something does happen, that's beneficial. But you also, it's that rest versus rust. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Dane Evans, he didn't look great. Uh, is it just an anomaly, and you know he bounces back uh, this week, or if he takes that week off and kind of watches from the sidelines and comes in if you need him? I, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is here. Credit to Ottawa's defense. Brandon Dandridge had a remarkable – it wasn't even really a fumble. He just took the ball, returned it yeah. all the way to the house, had a touchdown there. Lorenzo Malden had a sack, also a forced fumble there. Uh, Money Hunter had an interception, and there were some critical penalties back and forth here that brought some turnovers back back it was oh it was quite the game we had i want to give a is it michael domagala <laughs> in the first quarter it looked like they uh they were in trouble they were in trouble they were yeah. pinned deep but they had the win and he ended up having an 82 yard punt so erasing all of the field position yeah, that's, advantage that's, that's, for the that's red one Blacks. way to flip field position yeah. an 82 yard punt <laughs> That's like, yeah, that, that's me hitting my putter yeah. like off the end of the green and then coming back off the other side. It's like, what am I doing out here right now? And I've done it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, for the Red Blacks, Nick Arbuckle, hey, he had 70% completion percentage, but it was kind of a, you know, a managing game for him, 19 of 27, 166 yards. I think there was a stretch where he had 13 completions in a row, but without his leading receiver, uh, Justin Hardy had 34 yards. RJ Harris led the team with 62 yards. I think a team or a player will be watching next year, COC Mariner for the Red Blacks. Now, he only had 37 yards in this one, but he had a good game and a touchdown last week. If he sticks with this team, I think he might be a player to watch in 2023, and that's kind of where we are at this season yeah. for the Red Blacks. Who's going to coach them next year, though? There's there's a lot of options out there. Does Killam get a look somewhere? Yeah. Do you keep, like, Bob Dice? I, I We've seen this before with Bob Dice where he gets the interim job. Yeah. And then he ends Seems up Seems like the players player like again. him. Yeah, he's definitely a player's guy, like, uh, you know, Lapo obviously isn't an option, but there, there, there's coaches out there and guys that are going to be getting that chance to to interview because it's a step up from where they are at their current franchise. I, do you give Dice the reins here to run with it, or like do you go out and look? I, I just don't know who would be out there. Like Kahari is like the name that jumps to mind because he he's been a head coach as yeah. early as you know a couple months ago, but. I, I just don't see a lot of opportunities for other like head coaches that like I can think of. 
And now general manager Sean Burke gets to truly make his mark on the team. And it, it, it just seems to me the Red Blacks, they haven't given up. and They'll be playing. They'll be trying <laughs> to get a win at home. Oh, absolutely. Week 21. And, unlike, and they, they, those guys you know. are still playing. Yeah, they're, they're still Red Blacks. But they still got to play for the name on the back of the jersey because they got to get contracts next year. That's what it and is for next if year. You, yeah. If you mail it in when the game doesn't matter, people notice that. How about Caleb Evans setting the record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback, eclipsing the great Doug Flutie? Caleb Evans and Doug Flutie in the same sentence. That's what we're about in 2022. Oh, man. (laughs) This is like flashbacks to like March of 2020. It's like, ah, it's only going to be two weeks. Flatten the curve. It won't be that bad. Now we're here. And I blame the Cincinnati Zoo. We all know what happened in 2016. This whole thing, and now we are comparing Caleb Evans to Doug Flutie. (laughs) Blame Cincinnati. I like it. (laughs) You are a Steelers fan, so uh, that resonates. I keep looking at the window in camp because I have my TV on, but the reflection, I don't want to sit like this. I have to watch the reflection in the the window of the Steelers and Finns game. (laughs) The second half of the Friday night. Uh, doubleheader was the BC Lions beating the Edmonton Elks 31-14. So the BC Lions have uh, clinched a home playoff date and they get their first win in Edmonton since 2013. So Edmonton... That's almost sooner than the Elks have had a win there. It's it's pretty close. (laughs) Uh, We're pretty much three years to the date that the Elks have won at home. Well, actually, the Elks have never won a home game at Commonwealth Stadium. That that is spitting facts. (laughs) And, hey, you mentioned uh, the opening kickoff here. It actually went well for Edmonton. Uh, They recover a fumble, and uh, Trey Ford, the starting quarterback, they they end up getting that one into the end zone. I think maybe that was that beautiful uh, touchdown catch from Dylan Mitchell. Five catches, mm-hmm. 60 yards for him. But the rest of the game was really BC just controlling the clock, controlling the line of scrimmage. James Butler, 24 carries, 141 yards, and a touchdown. BC's they- in playoff mode, man. Yeah, they've really, they wanted to get that running game going, going into the playoffs. And I think yeah. if anybody's going to beat Winnipeg, uh, the West Final in Winnipeg, yeah. you're going to need that running game rolling. Yeah, and especially not having Nathan Rourke. I mean, Vernaz has come in and done an unbelievable job with that with that team right now. Like, there's, they're, they're hosting the West Semi. He's like, done what he needed to you, do. Yeah, you can't you can't discount that. But Nathan Work just has a different element to that uh, offense. And if he's not there, then yeah, you have to establish the run game. And if you can establish the run game, well, that also opens the run game up for Vernon Adams Jr. Because it, play play fakes, whatever guys are going to be focusing on on James Butler, he's going to be able to roll out. If you can't find anything, he can take off or design quarterback draws, stuff like that. Uh, you know, it, that opens up the playbook a little more, establishing the run via the running backs. Uh, but if Nathan Work is back, I mean, that opens up a whole new can of worms for, for Calgary to worry about. Uh, but I just haven't heard any news on that. Well, the the work watch is on. Yeah. Um, he's been at practice. Um, he's yeah, thrown... so was so was Joe Burrow yeah. in a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> running he's... suicide. Rourke was thrown. Uh, 
he's thrown well, but when when it came time to run, it looked like yeah. he was still being careful, running gingerly. But so mm-hmm. now, uh, if he doesn't practice this week, he's not going to play in this uh, season finale coming up. Uh, the BC Lions do play Winnipeg here. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be this going to be a real boring game. Oh yeah, obviously they're, they're yeah. not showing anybody anything. Nope. Um, but d- d- man, d- Rourke's played what eight games? If he's ready for the Western Semi, I don't do it. Man, oh, what well, a decision I, they have to make. I got a question for you though. Okay, is Rourke coming back next year? Well, that's because if, if he, he's he not. Is, he, if he he's should not, stay off the field, right? But if you're BC, if he's not coming back, yeah, the hell do you care? That's true. <laughs> but it, let's say he signs an extension. Like if you've got, if you've talked to him, whatever, and you've got stuff in the works to sign an extension, like you're starting Vernon Adams. If he, like, unless work is 100, he can't re-injure it with like non-contact wise, yeah, stuff like that. Like the only way he's going to get hurt is if somebody rolls up on him. Then sure, but if you've got a plan for Nathan Work to come back next year. You can't. You got to get him back at one hundred percent. You can't have him coming into camp off a of rehab. I don't like that. I know. I mean, I know this Calgary defensive line. He's not just going to be able to for that Western semi. I know we're looking ahead. He's not just going to be able to sit in the pocket. No, he's going to have to move. Well, and we've seen Rourke play. He can get the ball off fast. So maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe that's what it'll be. But, but... I mean, Cal- Calgary and Winnipeg secondary are. A lot different than, you know, Nick Marshall just ball hawking. Or Edmonton, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That that is gonna be a fascinating. I, I, thing I think to watch. I start Vernon Adams Jr. The CFL's gonna say, Hey, come on, Nathan. We gotta get some horse tranquilizers into that foot or something. Oh. <laughs> now now you're speaking my language. <laughs> Amar Doman in BC, hey, we need to sell more tickets for that Western semi. Come on, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do not Test him no. for anything. Just set him down to East Hastings <laughs> for an evening. You'll feel nothing. <laughs> Keon Hatcher had three catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. They talked about it a lot on the broadcast, but mm-hmm. he's been quite versatile this year. He stepped into Lucky Whitehead's spot when he can't play. He stepped into Brian Burnham's spot when he can't play. So uh, Dominic Rimes had three catches for 62 yards. And I think a player we might have to watch for 2023 with the BC Lions is Alexander Hollins. He mm-hmm. had six catches, 37 yards. He only made his debut a few weeks ago. He had a touchdown, and then the next week, a big play called back on a holding call. That might be a, another receiver we'll be watching in BC or somewhere else in the CFL for a few years to come here. Well, and I mean, BC has kind of a, a dearth of... Or not, yeah. Is dearth the right word to use there? I don't know. I'm not an English guy. I'm a math guy. I'm we'll go with that. As, as an abundance of talent at the wide receiver position right now. Uh, so I mean, guys need injuries and stuff like that to be able to get a shot, to be able to get a shot at cracking that lineup. And when they do, Josh Pearson had a big night when he got in. Yeah, Hollins has the, has the night he had, or the couple weeks he's had where he hasn't been, you know, lights out, but he's producing. He's he's yeah. contributing on the offense. And and I mean, team, there are going to be teams that if he is on the practice roster, they're going to be looking at him for sure because they're going to need you know that. that Third, fourth wide receiver on the depth chart that isn't on the pra- that isn't going to sit on the practice roster that's going to get looks and stuff like that. They're going to need 
those positions need to be filled too on eight other teams. Sean White goes three for three at his former digs. I, I believe it's been one missed field goal in his last 10 games. Well, so. Yeah, so he's missing all of them next week now because he missed it. <laughs> uh, Jordan Williams, two forced fumbles for the Lions. Uh, what did we have from uh, Marcus Sales? Yeah, two interceptions. He's mm-hmm. got three in the last couple weeks here. So the Lions defense really coming together. And, I mean, they got Lacombo, they got Williams rocking, and the, the D-line is making things happen. They, they yeah. showed it on uh, the broadcast. Matthew Betts had, what, zero sacks with the Elks all last year, and now he's seven, eight sacks, yeah. uh, close to double digits for the Canadian on a D-line. That's uh, that's that's a pretty look, good addition to your team. Look at, look at the Canadians that Edmonton's had on the D-line in the last five years. Whether it be Botang or Betts, guys like that. The Betts there, this is the talent that Betts is. This is what he is. Couldn't do it in Edmonton. And I, I think it, a lot of it was to do with opportunity and coaching and all that stuff. He comes to BC. And they're just let taking the brakes off and letting him do his thing. Yep. Yep. For Edmonton, Trey Ford gets the start. Didn't see any action in the game since July. Yeah. Uh 2246. Yeah, exactly. 242 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions, but he is uh he's an athletic guy and mm-hmm. he's going to be uh, man, I hope they let him loose and he's going to I still find it quite interesting that Edmonton gave the money to uh Taylor Cornelius and uh, a lot of guaranteed money. Of course, in that as well. But uh, I really hope Trey Ford's the guy of the future. He had eight carries, 72 yards in this one. But really, it was only the first drive of the game where they had success. So Edmonton going forward, there's <laughs> I see the rumblings of uh, how long of a leash does Chris Jones have. I think the team went into this season knowing that the first one's going to be rough and mm-hmm. they're going to grow from here on out. Now, after Labor Day... We have seen some really good players included in that Edmonton team. Kevin Brown, the running back, he only got seven carries here, but that guy has had some great games in the back half of the season, and then, oh, he had eight catches as well. So he's going to be good going forward. I think Dylan Mitchell, a great addition uh, to that receiving core going forward. They extended Jesse Gibbon on the offensive line, Jake Ceresna on the D-line. They've got some talent in that locker room. Now the full off season, maybe letting some of the veterans go. I don't know where Manny Arsenault stands, but I think he's been a great leader on the sideline and locker room this season. John Ryan is retiring. Looks like he's played his final game of professional football, but I think there is a lot of upside for this Edmonton Elks team going into 2023. Well, and Chris Jones get more of his fingerprint on this team. Uh, he comes in having to kind of fix a mess that he was left with, and we yeah. knew this was going to be an 18-game training camp. Like it, yeah. it, it was going to get a lot worse before it got better, and it's it's already kind of started to get better. Like I think they've improved tremendously over the, the course of this season from the start to now. I mean, I don't I don't think we saw them competing for a playoff spot, and they were. Not necessarily competing, but they weren't mathematically eliminated until, what, two or three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the fraud that are, or the frauds that are the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 
But, I mean, next year, I don't know if, if necessarily a playoff spot is your goal, but I think you have to you have to improve for sure. You've got to win some games at home. That's and, it. And, and hit the crossover is a bonus. And then after that, you've got to be – you have to be perennially, perennially – Contending? Perennially – yeah, contending <laughs> every year. <laughs> now, I think – well, that's it. Like, as soon as you get maybe the one home playoff game, maybe they're like, hey, this is how it feels. But Because the, yeah. there have been home games this season that just slipped away right between their fingers. Yeah. And once the they game start, last week. Yeah. Like, I don't, think, I don't think you're getting that win out of Olette's arms anytime soon. Yeah, <laughs> I think and the Montreal game ball. melted away yeah. too. So the, the Ryder game early on in the year, they yeah. had a chance to win. Like it, it hasn't been like they've been getting blown out by forty every week. Yeah, yeah. Calgary and BC early yeah. on for sure. <laughs> yeah, I said every week. <laughs> Let's uh, move on to the Saturday doubleheader. It started where the Toronto Argonauts beat the Montreal Alouettes twenty four twenty three. <laughs> what a game here. But the Owls, well, should say the Argos have clinched first in the East for the second consecutive mm-hmm. season. But in the first half, the Owls had so many opportunities here. And that has been the, you know, the the knock on Trevor Harris. Oh, I'm so glad you said it so I don't have to be the bad guy. <laughs> Not being able to finish the drives that you need to make. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and we thought it was just an Edmonton thing, but it might just be a Trevor Harris thing. And then you see the fourth quarter drive at the end of the game. Yeah. It's like, oh. You I just do this all the time. <laughs> he finally uses Gino, like two big yeah. plays in a row. and The guy who has like his own YouTube yeah. special going on right now, you think you might want to include him in your office. Yeah. There's a reason he has that. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? It was the first play of the drive intercepted on the 10-yard line. And then <laughs> what was this? On the the very next drive that uh, Montreal had, they get stuffed on, mm. uh, what, third down, turnover on downs. Like, oh, they had so many opportunities, but when you got that defensive line and that linebacking core that the Argos have, yeah, they're going to be a tough team to deal with in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they're super athletic. That front seven, they're and they hit like they're they're not hitting just for the sake; of, they're hitting to separate you from the ball. Mm-hmm. Like you, you better make sure you've got the ball because you're going to pay a price. If you're going to pay a price for an incomplete pass, you're not going to want to do it again. Yep. And there, and and McLeod with the Thompson not having the greatest year we've ever seen by any means. We we talk about how he gets kicked around by this franchise it seems every <laughs> year, but I mean, the defense has kept them in a lot of games and has won them some of those games. And you know we're seeing it now where this this team, yeah, McLeod the Thompson doesn't have to play lights out. This 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 is a championship level defense right now. He's kind of similar to Trevor Harris in some ways. Yeah, Sometimes. they haven't brought in they haven't brought in Henry Burris to <laughs> to turn that franchise around yet. Because you know, I mentioned Montreal turning it over on downs on the Toronto one yard line, and what does Toronto do after that? 
They go on a 109-yard drive. Like, (laughs) you want to make teams pay for turnovers? Normally, you don't do it from your own end zone. (laughs) That's basically a 14-point swing. Exactly. And I mean, what, what what do I preach all the time? Take the points. They lost by one. Take the points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was and, – and then the game really kicked into high gear in, in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Owls had <laughs> – they had, what, 17 points in the fourth alone? Yeah. They they weren't out of this game by, by any means, and – they finally get back into this game. We we see a good game from touchdown Jake. And I actually think, well, and he has a touchdown here. In the last few weeks, they've started to work him back into the offense and creating some balance with that uh with that offense in Montreal. Or yeah. And then uh <laughs> it was funny because the first half it was what, seven three Montreal or yeah, Toronto, I should say. At, yeah. But there were still some big plays. A.J. Olette, he had a 34-yard run. There was that massive play from Walter Fletcher. He had a 59-yard catch and run. He had 99 yards receiving. Uh, That's just great. That's a great game. (laughs) Uh, William Stanback had a six and a half yards a carry. Walter Fletcher only had three, but he had eight yards a carry. He was... They were able to move the ball. And then Trevor Harris, 413 yards, getting deep into Toronto's zone and letting those opportunities go. Yeah. You have 413 yards and your team scores two touchdowns. Not even just just passing touchdowns, just touchdowns in general. You put up 413 yards. You've gotten into the the red zone enough times where you should be scoring more than two freaking touchdowns. (laughs) You should be with the 400 yards, but they weren't able to make it happen. Now, late in the game, uh, Montreal ties it up. I I mentioned the big plays to Geno Lewis, which that guy, he's going to – I'm going to fill out two more all-star ballots and put him down as as an all-star. I I love that guy. They they released uh, the story of Geno Lewis on uh, the CFL's YouTube channel last week. It's like 10 – 12 minutes long. Man, if I'm wearing an Owls jersey, 87's going on the back of there. Uh, He had a big catch in the fourth quarter and then the touchdown to tie the game or to pull them within one, uh, tie it on the convert. (laughs) Then that's when the drama happens. (laughs) And, like, I thought my life in the last week and a half is that drama. (laughs) We won't go into that. Oh, we can go into it. We can. I have to start a GoFundMe for therapy. I was going to say, this is Dr. Phil stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't compare to what happened. Like, <laughs> I, not even close. So, Toronto gets the ball back with 34 seconds. That was that was enough for McLeod Bethel-Thompson, which I believe it is now 11 times that he's led the team on a, on a winning drive to end the game. And I think he's only got one more to tie Ricky Ray, which 
Yeah, they can't sign him to a contract. The, they can't stop the more him things around. that he does. I mean, <laughs> he just well, that just shows that you know North America's oldest professional sports franchise can't keep a quarterback there for. <laughs> it's like Philly and goaltending. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Or go, that's, that's where careers go to die. Poor Carter Hart. <laughs> so he hits <laughs> Curly Gittens for a 12-yard uh, catch. He hits uh, A.J. Olette. I think there was a, a 24-yard gain there. Or no, it was just the 12 yards. And then he hits Devaris for 15 yards. And Boris Beatty comes in for the 47-yard field goal. Misses it. Chandler Worthy, the broadcast was behind uh, in the end zone. Mm. And we see Chandler Worthy starting to run out of bounds, and then the play is whistled dead. Well, too many men on the Montreal Alouettes. But you wouldn't call, you wouldn't build a play dead for that. Right. Well, I instantly well, actually, thought. No, you should have. It would have been, it would have had to be a re kick. Right. I instantly thought of, we've seen this in the Grey Cup. Yeah. In, Just so. Poetic justice, though, this time. Right. It happened to Montreal. Yeah. It turns out that Chandler Worthy stepped out of bounds. So Toronto declines the penalty. They take the single point. Yeah. <laughs> they clinch the Eastern final <laughs> on a single point. God bless the CFL. <laughs> but I think the issue is with, I don't know. Nobody the- knows what happened. Because the camera if... angle was crap. The, yeah. The, the play-by-play guys had no idea because of the angle and, and the, where they are. And TSN puts out that tweet saying, oh, they they get the single point after or because or it was after Montreal gets a two million. But that's not why they got it. No, no. Like, you're, you're, I get that they probably have an intern running that who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. But they are the only uh, media outlet that the league has, right? Like, I mean, Sportsnet and CBC, they show stuff, but TSN is your main broadcaster, and they're not even getting stuff right. Yeah, that was frustrating, and it was very confusing. I I can't imagine. Um, Like, I was like, is that a weird rule that we don't know about? I know. That's... It's like the overtime rule in hockey where if you pull your goalie and you get scored on, you don't get the extra point or you don't get the loser point. I was like... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the NHL, if you pull your goalie in overtime and you get scored on, you don't get the single point. <laughs> they take it away. But this is how Toronto lost but the game... Two years ago, three, yeah. 2019 or 2018, I was at BP's and I won $200 on it. <laughs> I yeah. promptly put that $200 in a VLT. At the end of the and that uh, the, the short end zones at BMO, yeah, the returners and you can see it, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the difference. You could see him, yeah, step out of bounds on that. So we knew what was happened. But this is an only in the CFL moment. Yeah. The Argos <laughs> clinching first. Now, people like and we I've beat this drum too, and I don't think it's ever going to change just because you know no it's traditional. But I, I do believe that ball, like if if Worthy doesn't touch that and it goes out the back, it shouldn't be a rouge. You see, I'm okay with that, right? Like you should have to be able to play it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because, like, but I do love the drama. Goes, but if he touches it and it goes out of bounds and it's a single, but if you just 
if you line up from the 10 and you don't even care if you make the field goal and you're just going to boot out the back of the end zone, that shouldn't be a rouge. But at the same time, I do like that Toronto would be forced or Montreal would have been forced to get it out of bounds. You know what I mean? I almost – because it's not – if they just go and punt it through the end zone, I think I agree. But were they at a chance? And no, that's what I'm saying though. Like, yes, he has a chance because he touched it. It absolutely should be. Right. But if he just lets that go and gets out of the way because he has some field awareness and he doesn't touch it and it lands out of bounds, then that's – You see, I, I think I, – I think that adds some uh, some gray area. I, I think that the returner, if he has a chance, he should be forced to take it out and create that opportunity. Because say he catches yeah, but from it in the 20, it's if you just boot it straight through, that shouldn't well, be any good. No, I agree. But, but I mean, if he jump if he jumps up and knocks it down because he's not sure if they're going to rule it playable or not, that I mean, then you're opening up a can of worms. And now we're looking at reviews and crap like that. And see, that's why maybe, maybe I just, leave it just up, yeah, they're leaving it black and white. Yeah. I get that. I get. I totally understand that. But yeah. it would just, I would just like, I would just rather see it where, oh, you missed a fifteen-yard field goal, but you kicked it straight out. There's a single point. No, because I'm thinking of the the play in my head. If he doesn't, if Toronto he, Hamilton, <laughs> exactly in now, in Rogers Center. Now, and I, I almost think that they should get rid of no yards on plays like that because oh, just then it would be fun. So, and not so you can just hammer a guy because if the guy picks it up to kick it back, then there's always like a no yards called and then it's yeah. like, ah, whatever. And then if you got like four or five different punts. Yeah, exactly. How do you solve that? But I think, I think that. Play, I think, yeah, you, you put the no yards away, and that play doesn't end until somebody's down. Yeah, exactly. So if Worthy doesn't step out of bounds, it would have been close. There was guys the, closing Does he in. have the wherewithal to punt that ball out if he thinks he's not yeah. going to get out? That's the yeah. other question. These guys know enough. Yeah. And I think Worthy's been around long enough that he probably yeah. would. But, I mean, you get the guy that tries to return that ball and gets tackled two yards inside his end zone to lose the <laughs> football game. That would have been a – Great end, I think, to the game. And you can't better like, than the, people, and like you know, you're not thinking of kicking it, so you go to throw it. Well, that's a penalty inside your end zone, so that's a safety. Like, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things that come up. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. There's lots of I agree with if the guy's on the fifteen or whatever and he just hammers it through. Yeah. But to I, keep I say that, we get I say we make it so you the ball ball has to be playable, but we make it live off the upright. I think that'd be fun too. <laughs> yeah, arena football style, and also live if a quarterback like rockets a pass off a lineman's head or something like that. Because what is it? Only the quarterback can catch it if it gets def- or a defender off the, could. Off, off yeah. the offensive lineman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Only the quarterback can get that yeah. ball, or any member of the defense. I think change that too. <laughs> Why don't we just make everybody eligible? <laughs> Just exactly. There we go. <laughs> so these two teams, you want to talk about a boring game. They're going to be playing again uh, this weekend. Super Saturday. Yeah, but you're uh, not you're not giving McLeod the Thompson any time off. He needs all the reps he can get. Hey, that's a good point. Because Montreal, Toronto, they're going to play here. And then, well, they could be playing again in yeah. uh, the Eastern Final. But uh, You don't want to give them two weeks off. 
Yeah, I don't think Saturday is going to have as much drama as uh, this Pick past Pick'em is going to be a pain in the ass. It is. And you are what? Third fourth. in the – oh, fourth? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I am I – am, Stressing already, like my psoriasis is out in full force right is, now. Is first in striking distance? Like no. how? Oh, it's not. No. Uh, so he can only lose four hundred points if he gets oh. every game wrong and goes one hundred percent confidence. Yeah. But if he goes zero percent confidence, then he just doesn't lose any points, and he's and I can only get a, a thousand if I get every game right and the score exactly right. Oh. And he's two, just over, just under two thousand points. So. Right, I, I can get I can get third though, or I I, I think an outside shot at second. Wow, and it's, that's it's a good year, man. First, first first place is a trip to the Great Cup. Good I for mean, that guy. I don't know what I would have done with it. Let's see if that guy is uh, in Regina. It'd be like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> really? This was a prize. <laughs> uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, uh, sixty nine completion percentage. Nice. Uh, 20 of 29, 240 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. But uh, Curly Gittens Jr., seven catches, 117 yards, mm-hmm. the leading receiver. He had a big touchdown there. And A.J. Olette, 14 carries, 92 yards, just well, oh, a solid 6.6 yards a carry. Davis Sanchez mentioned it on the broadcast. I mean, this is kind of the same thing for BC. If Andrew Harris is good to go for the playoffs, you you got to try. Well, and he adds the the Canadian part to it. Yeah, you try to get both backs into the lineup there for the playoffs and play some hard nosed football, especially with the Prairie Grey Cup on the way. Well, we've also seen Andrew Harris become increasingly injury prone. Yeah, so you, you put him in. Yeah, yeah, but. Do you want to chance him getting hurt? Does he give you that much more of an advantage to win at this point? At least playing in that Regina winter is basically at home for him. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't know how big of an advantage he brings you right now from what we've seen from him this year. Yeah. Over Olette and and Javon Leak. Geno Lewis six catches on nine targets. Oh, nice. No, I'm next to the laundry room. Sorry. I thought something was blowing up. Something that's 72 not. yards <laughs> and a touchdown. Uh, Jake Winicky, biggest game of the year for him. Five catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown as both teams get set for the playoffs. The Owls home to the Cats, and the Argos await the winner of that game. Now... <laughs> Saskatchewan Rough Riders officially eliminated from playoff contention. I'm not going to lie to you, Travis. It kind of makes me happy. <laughs> you said they were frauds. They started the season, what, 4-1? and one? Yeah. That's 2-10 uh, and 10 in the next 12. Oh, what a terrible, terrible season it ended up being for the Riders. Expectations at a fever pitch after taking Winnipeg to the limit in the West final last year, hosting the Grey Cup this year, and the season going down the toilet. A 32-21 loss to the Calgary Stampeders. Mason Fine got the start, and I just think overall he looked more confident back there. He Because he didn't, he didn't know it was coming yet. 
His arm had more zip on it than than Cody Fajardo, I thought, even though Cody did contribute to this one. He had a 14-yard run on uh, short yardage uh, that ended up being a pretty big play for that team. But Mason Fine, five times he was sacked, and especially in that fourth quarter, the Calgary D-line just pinning their ears back, getting mm-hmm. after him. Oh, uh, the- and in, in their last drive... There yeah. to end the game, they were sending three. I know, and that's been consistent with the and it problems wasn't like, this year. And it wasn't like it was because of the coverage, because I, I do get that. Like, yeah, coverage sacks are a thing, but when it, when you only have three seconds and on a three man rush, it's it's not a good look for your O line. I think that proves you know <laughs> whoever's back there it just mm-hmm. wouldn't have mattered. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's the quarterback's fault entirely. It might be somebody sitting up in a heated luxury or executive suite with a team-paid cell phone and all the other <laughs> contacts for people who make roster decisions. <laughs> what did you think about the decision to start fine anyway? Uh, fireable offense. The you whole have, week you have, seemed You have silly. to win out. You have to win out. Yeah. Why are you starting your backup? Then you come out and say you're not benching Cody based on performance because your team needs a spark. And I'm like, that's performance. Pull your head. Like, I would have fired Dickinson after that press conference. I'd have been done with him. Well, compare. There's no way him and Moss have a job in a week. Compare the situation to his brother who made the change at quarterback at six and three. Mm hmm. Halfway through the season, they didn't have the guts to do it in Saskatchewan until the final home game of the year, needing to win the do, past two. Do you want to incapacitate two quarterbacks? <laughs> if you're the Riders, like, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think the timing of it. Uh, well, so you have the messaging. You're still alive in the playoff yeah. hunt. This is equivalent to a team that has Patrick Waugh. Saying, "Oh, we got to win tonight. Well, we're not going to start. Well, this team needs a spark." <laughs> what? Not yeah. saying Cody Fajardo's the end all, be all, but probably gives you your best shot. And you know what? If it if you go in at halftime and you're down twenty, put fine in. Like, but you, it just said to me that Dickinson had given up. Uh, Fajardo's probably played his last game in yep. green and white. Um, Look, they're just rumors, but now the Bo Mitchell watch is on. Oh, could they have put him on TV more in the fourth quarter? I know, I know. And it's going to be the talk of Grey Cup week. It's, it's, it's Chris Pronger 2.0. His wife doesn't want to come. Regina, no chance. He's retiring. He's going to retire. He's going to retire a stamp. But here's the question. Say they they sign Bo. Any daring to ransom? Oh, or are you going somewhere with this? Okay, I know when the CFL fans expect teams to rebuild in one single offseason. We've seen that in Ottawa. We've seen it in Edmonton. Ottawa had a pretty good expansion draft, though. They did. They did. Where they they had pieces. But, and I just, I look at BC, and 
<laughs> the way that they've been able to not spend so much on their quarterback has been able for them to afford amazing receivers, a solid O line, and spend all this money on the defense. And that that's the thing. They they only had like that one really bad wart. Just that defensive line that was yeah that was yeah. stuck out like a sore thumb because they fixed the O line with the new coaching and all that stuff. It was the D line that was the biggest issue and they fixed it. If you gotta fix an entire roster, hmm. Well, that's what I mean. So Bo's not going to – he's not going to cost 500 anymore. I, I don't not. think. But if they're paying – Oh, my God. Starter did, he a, money, did he get a radio show in Regina? <laughs> I'd love to listen to that. Oh, my God. <laughs> then, okay, they have to do it. <laughs> but say they pay solid money for Bo, are they going to be able to have what it takes to – well, you probably take yeah, Duke off the books. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you pay Bo what three fifty? Then maybe, uh, maybe you, you can. And you get and you and Duke is gone. Can you can you figure out the O line with what's left? Because you still got other guys you got to resign. I think like, I think, I, be... think I, I think like there's some guys on that defensive side of the ball getting paid a lot of money. Like you're not gonna have that that linebacking core you have. Right now, no, if you sign no. Bo, like there is gonna, if you sign Bo, it's gonna create, it's gonna be a ripple effect, and it is going to be something that might lead to a bit of a revolt in the fan base. Like there are guys on this team that they do not want to lose. Like Ed Gainey leaving, I don't think sat well for a little while until people realized he's not what he was. I think uh, Mike Adams no longer going to be with the team and. Hopefully yeah. that's not the end. A sad, uh, yeah. Hopefully he's scary, okay. Like I mean, yeah, a scary situation when uh, you run we, into the yeah. train known as Diedrich Mills, and yeah. it's yeah. a football play, and that. Yeah. So hopefully he's okay. But the Riders need to prioritize defensive line. They need some mm-hmm. pressure up the middle to help out the defensive ends. But the defense kind of fell apart after Labor Day. Yeah, and I think teams figured out that you could run all over them. Mm-hmm. Like, so, Diedrich Mills, 17 carries, 103 yards. Kadeem Carey, 11 carries, 75 yards. Jalen Philpot had a 13-yard rush on them. Tommy Stevens had 20. <laughs> they ran all over them. And I don't know if it was Calgary just went into this game knowing that, hey, we're not going to move up in the standings. But we still need to get some rhythm going. We want to stay healthy. And, and why not beat up on the riders? Because and that's what they did. Yeah. That's what they did. And I, I look at the rider offense. If Duke's gone, is Shaq's not the same guy he was. Swerve. Yeah, he he had an ankle or a foot issue in this one. And does KSB take a shot at <laughs> Laugh all you want. He might get an NFL look because Braden Lennius did the offseason before. And are, are they going to focus on him to get him to a thousand yards? They sh- Key and Schaefer Baker has what it takes, I think, to be the focus of this yeah. offense going forward. Can they keep they, him though? Well, that's the uh, you're yeah. going to have to throw some money at him. But I mean, he's going to make more than that on a practice roster if he doesn't get it. So. There, Brett, there's a lot of changes coming, I think. I think so. Heyman kind of backed himself into a corner. Brett Louther missed two field goals here, one from 53, but uh, one was from 38. Uh, Mario Alford made it close at the end of the – well, not close, but it looked more respectable yeah. with that – Got uh, me more points. 
104-yard punt return at the end of the game. Uh, I think, hey, that I was said, a pretty uh, good acquisition for that team this season. I said Taman. It was it's Jeremy O'Day. Oh, O'Day. Yeah, erase that from your memory. <laughs> but uh, a lot of changes on the way in Ryderville, and it probably includes an entirely new coaching staff. At least head coach and offensive coordinator. At yep. least. Yep. Cut the head off the snake. As for Calgary, I mean, yeah, they did what they needed to do. Mentioned uh, <laughs> the running backs. Diedrich Mills is an absolute monster. Calgary has three starting caliber running backs on that roster, including Stop the best in the league. That before. Yeah. On, uh, in Kadeem Carey, can they keep them all going into next year? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but... They sure are a talented group to watch. Uh, Jalen Philpot had uh, 64 yards receiving in this one, including a 47-yarder. Uh, Richie Sindani, what a touchdown catch a he catch. had. Yeah, one uh, catch for 14 yards, and that's really all they had to do. The defense was all over Mason Fine. Uh, five sacks. Uh, Fraser Sopic had one. Sean Lemon adds another to his total. Orimilade had one. TJ Ram had, had one here. Can you just read off the guys who didn't get a sack and take <laughs> a lot less time? Hey, Cam Judge had a sack in his old uh, And he was dying well. after. Yeah. <laughs> Probably ran 40 yards for that sack. <laughs> he, he totally did. As for the Calgary Stampeders, the final home game coming up against the Riders this week at McMahon Stadium. You're probably not going. I'm not going. I, I those McMahon Stadium. Oh yeah, the, oh, uh, yeah on no. my back won't be the best. No. But is uh, Bo Mitchell going to get some playing time and maybe his final game at McMahon Stadium? I think so. I think like as much as this team is about winning and about you know professional being professional and you know playing playing the game of football and, and playing it to win i think they will give bull that chance to write off i hope so i, I think and, and, and it. two it takes it, it gets mayor out of the game you know it, maybe you only see him for a quarter or the first half and then bull comes in keep mayor out of harm's way and, and ready for that western semi and then they give they give bull that chance to you know have his Final, final drive, final touchdown pass. If it happens, yeah. every everything and kind of kind of go out in his own terms. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good thing for the Stamps to do, and uh, maybe they do do it. I mean, he is the only Stampeder quarterback to have multiple Great Cup championships. And so. <laughs> you talk about the great quarterbacks that have played in red and white as well. Or it's the only starter, sorry, I'm sure yeah. there's been backups, but yeah, uh, quite a phenomenal career in Calgary and a future Hall of Famer, no matter what he does from this point going yep. forward, uh, Bo Mitchell will be in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. This episode of Two and Out is uh, brought to you by Is This For Real, a podcast about various facets of black life in Edmonton. Uh, you can check the latest episode, ended up coming uh, out uh, late September. 
September where Edmonton City Councillor Michael Jans was on the show about uh, deploying additional police officers into Chinatown in Edmonton. You can uh, check out Is This For Real at isthisforreal.ca. And of course, with Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. So we gave that Pod Power shout out with the Edmonton Community Foundation to is this for real? All right, Ty, week 20 of uh, the CFL season is in the books. Who were the fantasy leaders this past week? It kind of seemed like a mishmash of stuff going I, I on mean, I, I don't know how any of this happened, but Lasab Thompson <laughs> led the way quarterback-wise, 17.1. 17 14. points led the way. That's what my sheet says. I'm probably wrong. Wow. <laughs> Trey Ford, 16.9. Mason Fine, 13.3. Caleb Evans, 12.7. And Jake Mayer, 12.2. Running back, I mean, Butler and Mills were both over 20. Butler, 25.2. Mills, 21.5. Kadeem Carey, 16.4. So you're talking like multiple starting tailbacks for Calgary. It's just ridiculous. Uh, Fletcher, 16.3. And A.J. Olette, 15.3. Wide receiver, Curly Gittins Jr., uh, 24.7, Jake Winicky, 23.1, uh, Gino Lewis, 19.2, uh, Mitchell and Tim White tied for fourth at 18.3. There we go. Week 20 of the CFL season. The next time you're on the pod, tie is wrapping up the last week of the regular season. And then we're in the and, playoffs. And I have to figure out how I'm getting home on Sunday in time for the West and East semis. November 6th. That is my travel day. Oh, boy. Yeah. Maybe you'll be doing it live from the Innisfail uh, Innisfree uh, truck stop with uh, a big old plate of pancakes or something like that. Ugh. (laughs) You don't like pancakes? No. Waffles? I love waffles. Wow. Wow. No, no. I'll be able to. uh, I'll I'll be home by the time I record. Okay. I'd like to watch as much football as possible. Of course. Of course. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for sticking with me. I got to go, uh, I don't know, to the tub or for a walk or something. I got to go get meatloaf. Oh, yes, baby. Ma, the meatloaf. <laughs> you can rate, review, and subscribe to Tune Out on your favorite podcatcher. And like, comment, subscribe on YouTube as well. We're not pretty faces. But uh, we're, we're kind of handy, or at least Ty is, because I am not handy. I can't lift over 10 pounds right now as per How do you go orders. to the bathroom? <laughs> I, you better believe I'm milking that for every cent it's worth. <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. I can't carry groceries until March at the, it's, the earliest. It's a, Travis, it's a loaf of bread. God, I can't do it. <laughs> Real dense. Real dense. We'll talk to you on Thursday to get you ready for the final season of the 2022 CFL season. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.